Well, Happy New Year's to all of you. I pray that at all of our campuses and all of our network churches, and those of you gathered from all over the world at Church Online, I pray that you are exceptionally blessed by God in this new year. Uh, question, and I'd love for you to be honest, how many of you at all of our locations, if you were really, really truthful, you'd say, I'm a little bit relieved and glad that last year is gone. How many of you would say, I am, it's been a tough year for so many people. In fact, I just wanna tell you that our whole staff, uh, we are all right now uh, on a 21 day fast where we are going to deny ourselves physical food at different levels so that we can seek God spiritually. And we would love to pray for you in this new year. If you have uh, any kind of prayer needs, we would love for you to tell us. Uh, you can just write that down on your communication card and drop it in the buckets at the end of our experience and we would be honored to pray for you. Also, many of you, as we start in this new year, I know that a lot of you are going to want to be a part of a life group. If you're new with us, a life group is what we would call an Acts 2 biblical community where believers can gather together and they can share in God's word and open up their lives to each other. And what I'd really like to encourage you to do as you experience this message today is, I, I, truthfully, I wanna beg you to talk it over. Don't just hear what God would say to you today, but I pray that you would bring some application in your life. And at the end of our time, I'm gonna challenge you very directly to talk it over with people in your family, with close friends, and even better yet, to talk it over with other believers in a small group setting. During this month, uh, we're opening up many new life groups, and your campus pastor can tell you very specifically how to be a part of a life group, and as you talk it over and let the Holy Spirit minister to you, I believe that you will be changed and become even more of a fully devoted follower of Christ. Let's let God's word speak to us as we start not just a new year, but what's exciting is a brand new decade. We'll start in the book of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, and God was actually speaking to the people of Israel, and if you read the whole chapter, he went through a list of very beautiful and very powerful promises. This, I believe, would be a promise that God would make to many of us. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, God said, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Many of you today, the Holy Spirit is going to speak directly to you to let go some of the things that have been holding you back. Do not dwell on the former things or the things of the past because God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Could all of you say new thing? Amen. What is God doing? The Bible says, see, I'm doing a new thing. new thing, God says. Now, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Can you see, I'm doing something new. God may speak very directly to you that he wants to do a new thing in a new year and a new decade. And some of you, you may be facing something where you go, I don't know how in the world we'll ever make it through this. I mean, it's bad and it's hard and I don't see a way. And God may say, no, I see a way where no one else sees a way. I'm going to do a new thing in your life if you'll listen and if you can perceive it. How many of you have uh, New Year's resolutions? Yeah, how many of you are gonna make some New Year's resolutions? Got bad news for you, by the end of January, 40% of you are gonna be done and out. It's not gonna last. 
All of you that have your new little Christmas workout outfits and you're gonna get in my way at the gym, baby, you're gone before long. I mean, I, I wish you the best, but the reality is, and, and studies show, by Valentine's Day, 75% of you will not even be keeping up with your New Year's resolutions. Why is that? Well, I'm not quite sure, but I believe a lot of us, we have what we might call some good intentions, but they're not really God intentions. And there's a really a big, big difference. Many of us, we've got some, some good intentions, some things that we want to accomplish. And I wanna challenge you this year to go beyond just having good intentions, something that you wanna do, but instead to have some God intentions. To listen to the Spirit of God, and I believe that he will speak directly to you and show you one thing that God wants for you and from you and wants to do in your lives in this new year. The Spirit of God will show you one thing, and instead of having just good intentions that are me-centered, we'll have some God intentions that are God-centered, and when God births something in you, it will come about. See, I'm doing a new thing. What I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna ask you four one-thing questions for one thing questions, and my prayer is that God will birth in you one God-centered thing that will be different this year. I'll let you in on one of my personal disciplines. For many years, I've sought God as I go into a new year and say, God, what is the one thing that you wanna be different? I'm not gonna have five New Year's resolutions. I'm gonna have one thing that I believe is born out of the Spirit of God in my life that's gonna be different. You may say, well, what's the big deal about that? In reality, it may not be that big of a deal, but here's what's really a big deal. Over a decade, when there are 10 one things that are different in your life, 10 new disciplines or new, 10 new spiritual passions, when, when there's a decade of one things, your life can be totally and completely different. So today I'll ask you four one thing questions that I believe will help birth one spiritual thing that God wants to do in your lives. We'll look at different verses that have the words one thing in it. The first one thing question I would ask you is this. In your prayer time as you're seeking God this year, what one thing do you desire from God? Above everything else, if God said to you, I will do one thing that you ask, what will be the driving force of your prayer life before God this year? In Psalm 27 verse four, David, he asked for many different things, but he was described as a man after God's own heart. Perhaps the reason he was a man after God's own heart because if he desired one thing, this is what he desired. Psalm 27 verse four, he said one thing. Everybody say one thing. one thing. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. Above all else, he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. If I could have one thing, he says, I want to be with God. I want his presence. I need his goodness. I need to know that he is with me always. If there is one thing that I, I need in the good times, it's God. If it's one thing I need in the bad things, it's God. If there is one thing that I desire above all else is to dwell, to live with the presence of God. What one thing do you desire of God? Many of you, you may be in a place in, in your life where you say, you know what, there's someone close to me that is, is not a believer. 
And if there was one thing that I would want God to do, it, it would be for God to use me in this person's life to help bring them into a relationship with Christ. And so the driving force of your prayers this year would be God, God, love this person into a relationship with you. What one thing. Some of you, quite honestly, there may be an addiction or a stronghold, a one thing that is keeping you from going further with God. And you, you say, well, this isn't just my New Year's resolution, this is a God burden. But I will no longer let this one thing keep me from fully pursuing God. And if there's one thing, God, I believe with all my heart that your Holy Spirit is gonna give me the power to overcome this one thing that's in the way. Some of you, you may look at your marriage and you'd say, you know what, it is not where God wants it to be. And I just wanna pause here for a moment and just give the Spirit a moment to speak to some of you. If there's one thing you desire of God, it would be that he would bring healing in your marriage. Now, you can be tempted to desire the one thing is that God fix those so-and-so is making your life miserable, okay? <laughs> it could be that the one thing God wants to do is change your heart so he could heal your marriage. What one thing? Some of you, you've been uh, promising for a long time you're gonna slow down, long time. I'm gonna slow down one, one day, one day, one day, one day, one, one, one day, and years have gone by and you're missing out on life. And your one thing may be, God, I, I need you to help me to enjoy you and your presence and those around me. And the one thing I need, I need to do life according to the rhythms of your grace and not according to the patterns of this world. What one thing would you have God do in your life? Some of you, you may not be married and um, all your friends are getting married. You're like, I love them, but I hate them. <laughs> She married a guy I wanted, I hate, I hate her. Uh, she's my best friend, but I hate her. And, you, know, and, you're, and you, you really desire somebody. And for you, the one thing may be, God, I need you to be enough. I, 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 one thing, I need to be satisfied with you this year. What one thing do you need from God? What one thing do you desire from God? Uh, years ago, uh, my one thing I needed from God was very much like Solomon. One time God said, Solomon, what do you want? He said, I want wisdom. And for me, I, uh, I was overwhelmed with the leadership challenges of the church. I'm like, God, I'm, this is too much. And the one thing I desired from God, I said, this year, one thing I need wisdom. And so what God did is he took me to Proverbs, 31 chapters, and I read one chapter every day for an entire year. 12 times I read through the book of Proverbs, and guess what God did? He did what his word said, if any of you lack wisdom, ask, and I'll give it to you, and God gave me wisdom. It was the one, that was the driving force of the one thing I desired from God that year, and he gave it to me. What one thing do you desire from God? Second question I want you to ask yourself is this. When it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God, what one thing do you lack? What one thing is missing? In Mark chapter 10, there's an interesting story of, of a rich guy who encountered Jesus. He said, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you need to obey the commands. And the guy very proudly said, check, 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 check. I've done all that. And Jesus looked through his outward obedience and looked into his heart and saw a problem that this guy didn't even know he had. And so Jesus said to him something he didn't say to anybody else. And he said this, verse 21, Mark 10, Jesus looked at him and did what? Would you say those words aloud? Jesus looked at him and and loved him. Notice he's about to say something very difficult, but it was all in love. He said one thing, not two things, not 10 things, but one thing you lack. 
Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. One thing, there is one thing that's standing in the way of you completely following Jesus and for this one guy, it was the material possessions and the desire for security from wealth and Jesus said that one thing is in the way. Sell it so you can fully follow me. Verse 22, the Bible says that this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Check this out. God specifically showed him the one thing that he lacked and he was unwilling to do the one thing that would have benefited him spiritually. And may I say, there are many of you who over a period of years, God has shown you one thing that you need, one thing that is lacking, and yet you have not yet been obedient doing a new thing, it's a new year. I believe with all my heart, you will be obedient to the one thing that God shows you that you lack. What is it? Uh, I had a, a guy I was talking to recently and he said, he said, Craig, I used to read through the Bible um, five days a week, I would read God's word and it was the closest I'd ever been to God. I mean, I, I, was just, I could sense God was with me and on and on and on. He said, I stopped doing that and I'm not close to God anymore. I said, buddy, here's your one thing. And there's one, one thing they could totally transform your spiritual life. Many of you, you've been a part of the church for a long time and you don't really have great Christian fellowship in a life group. Other people praying for you and holding you accountable. And you, oh, we're gonna do that one day, oh, one day. No, perhaps that's the one thing that you need to spiritually take off. Many of you, you've been wrestling with the whole tithe. You know, I'll give God my first and my best and trust him to bless the rest, and you, you fought it, and you fought it, and you fought it, and perhaps that's the one thing. That's the point where God is saying, do you really believe me, or do you not? Are you gonna trust me, or not? M maybe some of you, you, you really know that you need someone to hold you accountable. You drift into sin that messes you up. You drift away from those that you love. You, you truly need someone to speak into your life. I mean, you look at all the uh, well-known people today, their, their lives are falling apart. You know why? There's no one who's gonna say, what are you thinking, you idiot? Are you, are you stupid? I mean, I'm gonna kick your tail if you go down. It's accountability, some of that may be the one thing. Uh, years ago, uh, Amy and I, we looked at our lives and we were going through these exercises and we realized that one thing was missing uh, was really intimate, close Christian friends. You see, we had a, a very close circle of friends, and then in one rough year in the church, we lost them all. It was the craziest thing. Uh, one went through a divorce, and, and it just got ugly. One of them was on staff, and I had to remove them for something from the staff. Another one moved away, and, and all of a sudden, we were like, what happened? I mean, we had all this, and then just boom, it was gone. And we were, we were bleeding in, t in our hearts from the hurt. It was like, it, part of it was probably our fault. I'm not saying it was all their fault, but we just, our friends were gone. And we were going, can, can we trust again? Can we let people into our lives? And we were going through life without other believers who intimately did life with us. And so we agreed after we sought God, the one thing we need is we need Christian friends. We, and, and so we decided we're going to risk again. We're gonna risk again. And we've, we've been on a great 11 or 12 year run of, I mean, we're talking intimate friends and, and they've stuck with us. And guess what? We may get hurt again. or We may unknowingly hurt someone, but I can promise you, we will never lack for this because it was a God burden that we truly lacked Christian friends. When it comes to your relationship with God, let me ask you this. What one thing do you lack? 
What one thing do you lack to move forward with God? What do you desire from God? If he would give you one thing, what would you ask him? Second question is, what one thing do you lack? The third thing I would ask you is this, what one thing do you need to let go? What one thing do you continue to grip that holds you back from where God wants you to be? What one thing do you need to let go? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he, he, a very powerful chapter in Philippians 3, he was talking about how he, re, he wanted to know Christ. I mean know Christ, not know about him, but know him and, and the, the power of suffering like him. And he says this in verse 13, he says, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing, everybody say one thing. He said, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This one thing I'm gonna do, and you can almost see this is, this is like a, a, a one action. I am forgetting what is behind and I am straining on toward what is ahead and I am pressing on. It's a one decision, fluid action that I must move forward. Now, we don't know what he was letting go of, okay? We do know what it could have been. He was the guy that personally uh, said to stone Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Maybe he was letting go of that. He was the guy that persecuted the church. It could have been the, the pain that he experienced suffering for Christ. I mean, here was a guy that five times he was whipped, each time with 40 lashes across, the, maybe he said, I gotta let go of that, I don't want it to happen, I got, I've gotta let go. He was a guy that was beaten three times with rods. He, he was a guy that was shipwrecked three times. He was a guy that was stoned, and not recreationally. <laughs> Some of you are laughing too hard because you go, oh yeah, he was stoned and left for dead. And perhaps he was saying, I have got to, I have got to let go of that to move forward. I'll give you a, a picture. Uh, Years ago, I was at, uh, in, in Colorado on vacation, and there was this uh, tree with, that went across to another tree, and there was a slack line in between the tree. If you don't know what a slack line is, I pray to God you never do. It's a tightrope that's not tight. It's like a bouncy tightrope that if you're an idiot, you'll try to walk across. Well, chief idiot decided one day to get up on this and to walk across. And so I scaled up this tree and I was standing up on this, this big rope and I was holding onto the tree up about this high and the guy there said, you have to let go of the tree to get across. Like, I'm not letting go of my new best friend, Mr. Tree, okay? And he just kept saying, you have to, you have to let go. I'm like, Ooh! And so finally, I let go and I took one step and the thing violently threw me to the ground like a pancake and they were all laughing, calling me old man. I'm like, nobody calls me old man, move back, watch this. I got back up and he said, you have to let go and what you have to do is when you go across, you have to focus on the other side and with everything in you, you have to keep your eye on the other tree. You don't look down, you don't look back, you look across. And so I let go and I stood like this and in one motion it was a, this, focus on the tree, don't look back, don't look down, but focus on the goal. Keep your eye focused on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And there are some of you that the reason you're not moving forward to where God wants you to be is because you're holding on to something from the past and it's time to let go. It's time to let go. Someone hurt you 
And baby, you're holding on to it. And you've got unforgiveness, or you've got bitterness, and God would say, I wanna do something new. But you can't dwell on the past. You've gotta forget what is behind, and you've gotta press on. I'm convinced that one of the biggest problems in marriages today is, is people will not let go of the past. Someone hurts you, and so you continue to punish them for what happened in, in the past. Some of you, you, um, you failed at something, and you're holding on to that, and you're internalizing it, and you're, you're wrongly believing that you are a failure because you messed up. No, that's something that happened. That's not who you are. And you let go of that, and you obey the faith risk that God is calling you to take, and you do not continue to live in the pain of the past. Some of you, you might have let yourself down. You think, you know what, God's gonna hold this against me. I, I know, I was talking to a, a great Christian guy who compromised some of his values sexually with the girl that he was dating. He said, oh, now God's never gonna bless me, and I'm never gonna be married, I'm gonna be miserable. No, no, listen, that happened, and that was wrong, but guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna let it go. It's been forgiven by God, you move forward. You let go of the pain of the past, and you press on. Let it go, let it go. It's a new day, and God is doing a new thing. What is one thing, what is one thing that you need to let go so you can become all that God wants you to become? The fourth question that I wanna ask you is this, and I pray this would speak to many of you, and that is, what one promise do you need to claim? What one promise from God do you need to claim? In the Old Testament, David, he was uh, a young man when he was anointed by Samuel to be the next king over Israel. Samuel came up basically and looked at all of Ben Jesse's sons, and like, handsome, but that's not him. Talented, not him. Strong, not him. And he went down the line, like, do you have any others? And he's like, well, there's the runt out taking care of the sheep. I don't think that would be him. And little runt David came up and God says, I don't look at what people look at. I look at the heart. This is the next king. And there was a promise that God gave. Many of you, you've had a promise. You believe God has shown you a vision for your future and it's not coming about. And you're going, where are you, God? That's exactly what happened to David. As soon as he was anointed to be the next king over Israel, it seemed like every time he'd take one step forward, there'd be two steps back. And every time he'd have a victory, there'd be Saul coming after him to try to run him down and destroy him. And he'd, and he'd move forward and back. And, and the whole time he could have been thinking, I, I don't see it. God, I know this is what you, you said was gonna happen, but I simply do not see it. There was one particular time where he was running from Saul who was trying to kill him. I mean, that's not a good thing. The current king is after you. And so he decided to run to uh, and hide among the Philistines, which he thought was a good idea. He got there and said, this was actually a stupid idea. So he had another stupid idea, which was to act crazy. He said, I'll act like a madman. Okay? My best madman, sorry, it's all I got. <laughs> and so he's all this kind of stuff, and they're like, and, and all of a sudden he got himself caught between a rock and a hard place. And, and it didn't seem like anything was going the way it should. And basically, here's what he said. There are so many things I do not know right now. There are so many questions that I cannot answer. There are so many details that are not going the way that I wish they should. Psalm 56, verse nine and 10. He said, but this one thing I know, everybody say one thing. One thing. He said, this one thing I know, and here it is. 
God is for me. The enemies are coming after me. I don't know what to do. It's been three steps back and I'm scared to death and I don't know what's supposed to happen next, but this one thing I know beyond anything else, that my God is for me. He says, I am trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I am not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. This one thing I know, there's so many things I do not know, but I know this, God is for me. And because that one promise is true in my life, that if I don't see anything else that I want to see, that is enough. This one thing I know, God is still on the throne and he is for me. Some of you, God is going to give you a promise and you're going to hang on to it and it will sustain you. It will sustain you like food nourishes your body. It will, it, it will carry you when you are too weak. This one thing I know. What one promise do you need to claim? It, it was in the early years of the church that I'm telling you, I was breaking down, physically having problems. The church outgrew my leadership abilities and I was scared to death. Didn't know how to do it. Didn't know what to do next. And, and, and I just said, God, I am weak, I'm weak. And in all my weakness, I, I, I said, I am so inadequate. I'm just not good enough, not smart enough. I don't, I don't know what to do. I am weak and inadequate. And that year, God gave me one promise that I still hold on to. In your weakness, in your inadequacy, in the things that you can't do on your own, God said, my strength will be made perfect. Oh, for the last 10 years, We've not been building this, street, this church on my strings. We've been building it on our weaknesses because it's in the weaknesses that God's power and his strength is made perfect. And I claim that. I need it. It's in those weaknesses that his strength is made perfect. What one, what one promise from God do you need to claim? I've listed for you in your notes different promises. Many of you, you don't yet know many promises. There are so many promises, I just picked a few. And I wanna share with you just a few because one of these may just capture your heart. What does God promise? Well, God promises in his word to meet every need you have from his glorious riches. If you're hurting financially and you're afraid, God promises you he will meet every need that you have. He promises that you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. Those of you that continue to go back into repetitive sin, guess what, there's a way out. There is a way out. There is a power through Christ to help you overcome the temptation and sin that has gripped you. There is a way out. God promises to forgive all your sins. If you're hurting today in the weight of the past, I did it and I shouldn't have and I feel ashamed. Guess what? It's forgiven. It is, it, God will cast it into the sea of forgetfulness and he will remember it no more. God promises to make everything, even the bad things, especially the bad things, God promises to make everything work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God promises if you feel alone or abandoned that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you forever. God promises to be your ever-present help in trouble. God promises to give strength 
to the weary. He is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He promises to guide you and give you direction. Many of you, you don't know what to do next. What am I gonna do? Where, where, where am I, how God will guide you. He is the good shepherd, you are the sheep. The sheep recognize the voice of the good shepherd. It is the good shepherd's role to lead the sheep. He will lead you, you follow. He promises to guide you. He promises to give you a peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. Many, many of you, you're facing significant trials and you don't know how to get through, guess what? There is a peace where others will look on and say, how can you be calm in the middle of this? You say, I don't quite know, but God promised and he is delivering. God promises to give you power to defeat Satan, to overcome the work of the evil one. You resist him and he will flee from you. God promises that nothing will separate you from his love. God promises you that you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And for those of you that are not walking with God, and you know it, God promises you eternal life through his son, Christ Jesus our Lord. There are some things I don't know, but this one thing I know, God is with me. God is with me. God is with you. This one thing you can know is that he is with you. What one thing do you desire from God above all else? What one thing? What one thing do you lack? What is the Holy Spirit showing you that you lack? Where you have the courage to obey the voice of God. What one thing do you need to let go? It's time. Forget it. Let it go and press forward. And what one promise do you need to claim? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. For our God, who is a good God, who is with you now, he is doing a new thing. God, I thank you that, um, that a painful year for many has passed, and today is a new day. God, I thank you that you are a God of new beginnings, and God, I thank you that you are a God who speaks to your children, and God, I thank you that you are speaking to so many today. As you're praying today at all of our locations, nobody looking around, I'm gonna try to close this deal with you right now, and, and here's, here's what I want you to, I don't want you to raise your hands out of emotions, but I'm gonna ask you just a very simple thing. Will you talk it over? Will you open up with your spouse, if you're married, or your close friends? Better yet, will you get together with other believers, your life group, other people, and say, you know what, I wanna take this very seriously. I, I don't want some good intentions, I want a God intention, and I wanna open my heart up and my life up to the one thing that God wants to do this year. And I'm gonna ask you in a moment, and, and I pray that you don't just, don't, don't make this promise and then go on with life. If you make it, I want you to keep it before God. How many of you would commit to get with other believers, other people, the life group, your family, whoever it is, and I want you to talk it over, seek God, and apply the one thing. Would you lift up your hands right now? If that's you, just lift them up. Lift them up high right now. Lift them up high, thank you God for people who are not satisfied with what was, but are hungry for what could be. And God, I ask that your Holy Spirit, I, I, I pray that one or two of these questions would just haunt us as we seek you. And God, then you would use these to narrow down to one specific thing that will be different in our lives. Not a good idea, but a God idea. 
that God, we would truly not seek the change, but we would seek the God of the change. Seek first your kingdom, God, and your righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto us. And God, I pray that you would give us the power where we are weak, and you would change one thing, God, for your glory. When you do, God, you will get all the glory for it. One thing, God. As you keep praying today, I don't want anybody looking around, but I want you just to be real honest right now because there are many of you that God brought here for one very obvious reason, and that is unquestionably you are not right with God. He is not first in your life. You may believe in him. You may have been a part of a church. You may be very far from God, but when you look at your life, you realize, you know what? If there is one thing that's missing, it is God. It is God, and I can promise you, you can go search for everything you want in this world, but no matter how hard you search, if you're not walking with God, you will always be dissatisfied. You can, you can achieve every goal you have and there'll still be something missing, why? Because there is a God-shaped void in your life. You, you may feel very unworthy to come to God because you've messed up in the past, and guess what, you're exactly right, all of us are. We are all sinners by nature, and our sin separates us from a holy God, but check this out, there is one thing that God wants, and that is for you to surrender totally unto him, and perhaps that is the one reason why you're here, because God wanted you to hear this one message, to call on his one son, to be changed by his one spirit, and to be, voted, to be devoted solely unto the one true God. You, you may say, I'm not sure what to do next, you need to do one thing, and that is let go of your sin, turn to him, and watch as he heals you. At all of our campuses, there are those of you, you realize that's why you're here. You're not walking with God, you're not right with God, and today you're going to call on his son Jesus, who is totally sinless, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and rose again, so you could know God through Christ. I need healing, I need forgiveness. Jesus, I need you. I want to put you first, God. I want to be right with you. This, this, this is my one thing. I surrender my life totally to God through Jesus Christ. All of our campuses, those of you who say, that's me, I'm in, I can see it, that's why I'm here. The one thing I need to do is give my life to God through Christ. If that's you, would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them high, all of our campuses, and say, yes, that is, my, that is it, that is it. Today is the day of my salvation.